Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I'm doing something a little bit different on today's episode, but before we get into that, I want to remind you that the last Wednesday of every month, I have Book Club. Book Club is on my virtual community, Patreon. You can join at patreon.com slash the Refined Collective, and at the $12 tier, we have book club. So May 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to be having a conversation over Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward. Now, you may or may not have heard of Richard Rohr. He is this like Catholic mystical monk and Falling Upward is sort of his magnum opus, he says. And essentially, what it's about is there he he says there's two main halves of our lives. The first half of life is f- figuring out the rules, figuring out the belief systems, figuring out the structures of who we are and how to be and right and wrong and good and bad and and the second half of life is learning which rules to break. And specifically in regards to spirituality and faith and our relationship with God and I read this for the first time, gosh, maybe close to 10 years ago, and I just wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's a universalist, and he is just making too many leaps and jumps for me. But I have found solace in his teachings and ways of beings and his words over the last few years as I have navigated deconstruction. So I hope you can join me for this beautiful conversation, even if you cannot finish the book. Come, come and don't worry, I will guide us through a a curated conversation with the themes of this book. Because I know for me, sometimes when I think of a book club, I can be like, well, I just don't even know if I'm going to finish the book. So might as well not pay for something or sign up for something if if I can't like do it, quote unquote, right. But let me tell you, it's not about getting it right or wrong. It's about being present and being in community, having a safe space to be where you are and ask questions and doubt. And to do that with others is one of the most life-giving things. At least that's what I have found for myself. So May 31st, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Richard War Falling Upward Book Club, patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. All right. Now, 
here's the thing about hosting a podcast for five years is I tell this to my team and to my friends a lot. I'm like, I feel like I have nothing to say. <laughs> I feel like I've like said all that I need to say right now. And yet you have a podcast that keeps going, right? And I don't want to just say things to say things. I want them to feel purposeful and as though they matter to me. And I am hesitating because I don't want to just say, oh, I want to only share things I feel called to share because I think that can over-spiritualize things. But I don't just want to be speaking into the ether just to speak into the ether. And I have found since really pre my sabbatical from the podcast and everything, I just haven't had many ideas. <laughs> haven't really known what all to share or talk about and I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, what would be really fun is just to record a podcast about five things I'm really loving these days and not overthink it and not make it too much of like a TED Talk or sermon. But let me just share things I'm loving right now. So here are five things that I am really loving right now. I'm going to start with number one. It's this book called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. And I was at a retreat a few weeks ago, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes. And it was a Christian retreat. And during our meditations, we were reading chapters out of this book. And it was completely captivating. So I I went out and on the retreat, we were in Princeton, New Jersey, and I went to the Princeton bookstore. I bought this book and I've been reading it nonstop. So think of Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art meets Jesus Calling, but it's not like a Jesus-y book. So Rick Rubin was the founder of Def Jam Records, helped produce Beastie Boys, LL Cool J. I mean, he is a huge deal in the music industry. I frankly had no idea who he was until I found out about this book, but they're like three to four page chapters and it's all about creativity. So I'm going to read you a portion of chapter one. Everyone is a creator. Here we go. Those who do not engage in the traditional arts might be wary of calling themselves artists. They might perceive creativity as something extraordinary or beyond their capabilities a calling for the special few who are born with these gifts. Fortunately, this is not the case. Creativity is not a rare ability. It is not difficult to access. Creativity is a fundamental aspect of being human. It's our birthright, and it's for all of us. Creativity doesn't exclusively relate to making art. We all engage in this act on a daily basis. To create is to bring something into existence that wasn't there before. It could be a conversation, the solution to a problem, a note to a friend, the rearrangement of furniture in a room, a new route home to avoid a traffic jam. What you make doesn't have to be witnessed, recorded, sold, or encased in glass for it to be a work of art. Through the ordinary state of being, we're already creators in the most profound way, creating our experience of reality and composing the world we perceive. In each moment, we are immersed in a field of undifferentiated matter from which our senses gather bits of information. The outside universe we perceive doesn't exist as such. Through a series of electrical and chemical reactions, we generate a reality internally. 
recreate forests and oceans, warmth and cold. We read words, hear voices, and form interpretations. Then, in an instant, we produce a response. All of this in a world of our own creation. Regardless of whether or not we're formally making art, we are all living as artists. We perceive, filter, and collect data, then curate and experience for ourselves and others based on this information set. Whether we do this consciously or unconsciously, by the mere fact of being alive, we are active participants in the ongoing process of creation. That's just part of chapter one in Rick Rubin's The Creative Act. And when I read that, I just cannot help but think of Imago Day, how all humans are created in the image of God. And God, the creator, the divine, is the ultimate creative breathing life into existence. And so, of course, if we are made in the image of the divine and the divine is the ultimate creator and we are made to be mere reflectors of the divine, then we too are creatives. So I am just loving finding my way through this book. I'm almost reading it like a devotional in the morning. I read a few pages here and there and I journal about it. And especially being in a time of not reading my Bible so much and not knowing how safe I feel doing a, a traditional quote unquote quiet time, still my time with God every day is very important. And this I have found is this beautiful access point for me to connect with God. So that's the number one thing I'm loving right now. Number two, I have it right here with me. I just finished Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book, and I follow a few people online that are really good book people, and I honestly cannot remember who recommended it when, but I kind of saw repeatedly in one week people saying, oh my gosh, Jessica Simpson's book, Open Book, is a really good memoir. So I went to my library. Yes, I have a library card, which is another thing I'm loving, and I am renting books all the time now. And I pretty much only rent like memoirs or really light fiction books because if it's like a a deeper book, I want to like scribble in it. But what I love about Jessica Simpson, well, first of all, I mean, I watched her in Newlyweds in college, like Chicken of the Sea, like loved it. But I, I was never like this huge Jessica Simpson fan. But let me tell you, she's an incredible writer. She wrote her own book. She has been journaling since she was a little girl. And what I relate so much about her story is she grew up in Dallas, Texas. Actually, her dad was an adjunct professor at Dallas Baptist University, where I went to college. And he was also the youth pastor at my cousin's church in Dallas. So I had like heard of Jessica Simpson throughout childhood. But she grew up in the thick of purity culture. And her thing in pop culture was, hey, I love Jesus and I'm saving sex for marriage. And she ended up marrying Nick Lachey, who is either six or seven years her senior. They save sex until marriage. And she really unpacks that story and her marriage and why it fell apart and her relationship with sex post-divorce. And as someone who's just rethinking all of that myself, it just was I feel like it was so timely for me and so humanizing that, okay, everyone is on their own journey. And I think if you grew up in evangelical culture and purity culture, you will gobble up this book. And what I also love about Jessica Simpson's memoir is she is the first person to throw herself under the bridge. And I appreciate that about a celebrity because a lot of times 
when you hear celebrity interviews, you get to the end of it and you're like, what were they even talking about? There was actually nothing vulnerable in that interview. Like recently, I watched the Call Her Daddy episode with John Mayer and I freaking love Call Her Daddy. And I was like, what is John Mayer even talking about? Like, he sounds like a a guy who his freshman year of college took a philosophy course and all of a sudden thinks he's a philosopher, <laughs> but nothing vulnerable. This book is vulnerable. She puts it all out there and there's some great tea in it, which I love some, I love, I love some hot goss. So it was really good. Real talk. I have bad BO, like real bad left to my own devices. I smell like I am wearing week old gym clothes and I really wish I was exaggerating. So finding a good deodorant has been a passion of mine for a long time. I've tried so many non-toxic deodorants over the years, but none of them worked. But then I discovered Primally Pure. A friend of mine swore by them and even gave me one of her bottles for free and said, trust me. And she was right. I have now used Primally Pure's deodorant religiously for the past five years, and I don't have to worry about how I smell anymore. My personal favorite of theirs is the charcoal deodorant. And by this point, I've pretty much used every single product that Primally Pure has to offer from their bath soak to body butter, and I'm always incorporating their products into my daily skincare routine. So go to link.primallypure.com slash the refined woman and use code TRW10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's link.primallypure.com slash the refined woman and get 10% off your purchase with the code TRW10 or simply use the link in the show notes or episode description. Number three, what I'm really loving is there is a ministry called Goldenwood, and I'll link it in the show notes, but I just finished their, gosh, September to April, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. I just finished an eight-month program with them, and for lack of better words, it was a discipleship program. And I did something, I did an eight-month discipleship program with them about six years ago when I was still like neck deep in evangelicalism, not doubting my faith at all. And I knew when I went on sabbatical last fall that I wanted to be connected to a spiritual community, but I knew I also needed it to feel safe. And David Kim and Amy Lee Watkins are the two people that lead Goldenwood and lead the specific discipleship program that I was in called Nautilus. And I've known them for years. They're pastors to me, mentors, dear friends. And this whole Nautilus eight-month program is designed to really help you embody what does it mean to hear the voice of God? What does it mean to talk with God, to listen to God, to discern, to have wisdom. And I was really hesitant going into the program because I was like, listen, I'm not really reading my Bible right now. I'm deconstructing my faith. Like church is super triggering to me right now. And so I sat down with David before I joined and was like, hey, here's where I'm at spiritually. Here are the questions I'm asking. I'm kind of praying to mother God right now. And I don't know if I believe in the inerrancy of scripture. And I'm affirming of the gay community. And I vote this way. And I need to know that if I join this group, that it is something that 
is going to be safe for me, that I can truly come as I am, even though I know you guys are a little more conservative theologically. And the answer was a resounding yes. And the experience was a resounding, expansive, safe space for me to be in process and be in a safe spiritual community. So that just ended. And what it looked like was if you live in New York City, you can go every Tuesday in person for sort of just like a small group. But if you're out of New York City, which I largely am, you can zoom in and then there's three in-person retreats. And I've been going to Goldenwood retreats for about six years now. And it's so incredible because I feel like so many conferences or Christian retreats, you're drinking out of a fire hydrant and it's exhausting. And it's so much information that you leave. And a week later, you're like, well, all I know is I was exhausted and I think I had a good experience. Whereas every single Nautilus retreat I went on through Goldenwood is so spacious. It honestly, like when I was there, our final retreat a few weeks ago, I was like, this is what church should be. This is what reimagined faith is like a small group of people truly doing life together, eating together, talking together, doubting together, praying together, believing for one another together. So I just wanted to share that because Nautilus has an eight month cohort every year. And, and if you're interested in that, I'll link it below. And if you have any questions, you can also email me. So there's that. Okay, number four, the thing that I am loving so much right now is freaking protein. Y'all, I am like a protein maniac these days. So I've been seeing this holistic doctor in Austin since October. Their team is who has helped me figure out I have Hashimoto's, anemia, really incredible at doing comprehensive like blood panels, thyroid panels, all the things. And they also have a holistic nutritionist there. Her name's Natalie. She basically had me like write in a food journal for a month, which I didn't really want to do because I had an eating disorder in college and I used to like track all my food and I was like, I don't know, this might be a little triggering. But as it turns out, one of the things that has been making me so freaking tired is I've been getting about 20 grams of protein a day, which a lot of people upon my research will say that however much you weigh in pounds is how much protein you should have a day. So I weigh about a buck 50 <laughs> and I was having one fifth of the protein that I should be having. And so incorporating protein, more and more protein into my life has been super helpful within the first 30 minutes of waking up in the morning. I'm having protein. A huge way that I'm achieving that in the mornings is through collagen powder. I just use vital proteins and then I'll put protein powder and the collagen powder in my coffee. So I do a lot of decaf, as you know, and I have honestly seen a difference in my energy level. It's been about two months and I will say the first month I was like stressing. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I go from 20 grams of protein to 150 and Instead of burning me out, my nutritionist was like, hey, let's just try to get to like 115. Let's just little by little, she said, because if we go hard at once, then you're going to be burned out and you're not going to do it. So slow and steady wins the race, which I really appreciate. So going big on my protein has really been helpful. And I've been doing things like adding like hemp seeds to salad, nutritional yeast for a protein kick chia seeds with lemon water in the morning, all these little things that are adding to protein, which is increasing my energy so much, which I'm so freaking grateful for. Okay. My last thing that I'm going to tell you about is I 
so I've been doing this a while. So I've been doing this for years, but I so I hesitate in saying I'm loving this right now, but I totally am. So I love a period tracker. Okay. Like I love tracking my period. I love like I've been doing it for so long now. I use the app MyFlow. But honestly, up until I think it was only six months ago that I realized that you start the counting of your next period from the day your current period starts, which I didn't know. And what I love doing is since I've been doing it for so long, I really know that I have a consistent period. I know when it starts. I know when it finishes. I know on the first day it's lighter. The second day is heavier. The fourth day is more spotting. Sorry if this is TMI. But I also, it's allowed me to know my body during the different times of my cycle as well. Like when I'm in my luteal phase, I know I'm more tired. And I know in that phase, I'm just going to go on some more walks. I'm going to prioritize rest. I'm going to maybe do some like slow yoga. And when I'm in my follicular phase, I am, that's like post period. I'm like more energized. I'm like ready to go. And let me tell you, the more I've tracked my period, the more I can tell when I'm ovulating. Cause y'all, it is a real thing. You're like, gosh, why am I so horny right now? <laughs> and then I'll check my app and I'm like, yep, I'm totally ovulating right now. And my body is wanting to have a baby. So if you do not track your period, uh, I would really highly recommend it. It's been so empowering to know my body, to know what's triggers, to know, oh, like I'm craving salt right now. I must be about to start my period. And that also means that I'm probably deficient in something that I can heal with proper nutrition. So those are the five things I'm loving these days. Bonus thing that I'm loving these days are I just redecorated or not redecorated, decorated for the first time my space above my couch in my living room. And I got these amazing picture frames from Target. They were $20 each. They're a 16 by 20 frame with a beautiful mat and eight by 10 picture hole. And they look like Framebridge. They look like I got them custom made. They were $20. They sell out really quickly. So I had to chase them all over Texas. I picked up like two in North Austin, two in South Austin, two over here. But let me tell you, they're so worth it. I'll throw up a picture in the show notes so you can see them. And that's what I got for you today. I I hope this was fun for you. Let me know your thoughts. And I always want to know your feedback. And if there's anything specific you want to hear about, let me know. Because sometimes with the podcast, I run out of ideas. So that's that. Talk to you soon. And cheers until next time. <laughs>